0: Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I was newly ordained when those words jumped off the page, landing indelibly in my mind. As Luke tells the story, Jesus has just been baptized in the Jordan River when a voice was heard to say, "'This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased.' Then, immediately, This so-called beloved Jesus was led smack into the wilderness by the Spirit, where he was confronted by a devious tormentor playing hardball with his heart and soul. Here's what struck me back in my mid-twenties. I had assumed that being Spirit-filled should lead one to inner peace and some comfort. Health, wholeness, happiness, all those good things. In part, I thought, That's what the church was offering to people by way of faith in Jesus. Positive faith thinking led to positive and happy outcomes. Wasn't faith a ticket to having problems, concerns, and sufferings managed, if not outright solved? I'd already done my seminary training. I knew the work ahead wasn't necessarily going to be easy, but somehow I had missed that phrase about the spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness which gave the idea of being spirit-filled and beloved, a whole new set of meanings. Emerging from the desert and set out on a three-year journey, health, peace, human dignity, justice, and the well-being of all people, most especially the well-being of the least, the last, and the lost, clearly drove Jesus' mission and ministry. But then, as the story is told, he didn't heal everybody of everything. He wasn't some supernatural magician. When Satan suggests that Jesus could relieve his hunger by turning stones into bread and by extrapolation, everyone else's, Jesus points to an altogether different agenda rooted in human character. The beloved Jesus was led into the desert to confront his nemesis and all the astonishments he offered. Am I clear here? The one with whom God was well pleased was led into the wilderness. That's the way all three of the first Gospels put it. Now there's an archetypal aspect to this that today we might call a version of the hero's journey, where a rigorous inner work is required regarding one's integrity and identity as a child of God. Jesus went into the desert to fast and pray, in large measure to discover who he was and whose he was. He was led there because of the important work ahead. Emerging from the desert, he began his ministry. That's how the story is told. It's upon this spare structure that our season of Lent is built. When we're invited to go into the wilderness ourselves, as it were, Interestingly, the American Protestant church has tended to downplay and even ignore this season. There are a number of reasons for this, but the most up-to-date reason has to do with our well-fed desire to promote all things positive and upbeat. This explains why there will be relatively few folks at a Good Friday service, and the church will overflow on Easter. Easter is happy and up and hopeful. Good Friday is a downer, depressing. If we were in sync with our culture, we'd let Good Friday slip away for good and get on with the party. The problem with this has to do with the content of the basic story we tell in here. Well, the basic story of our own lives. God's beloved was sent into the desert to contend with the powers and principalities that competed for his allegiance at the beginning of his mission, and then again at the end as well, and at various points along the way. Just like us. If we miss this, we're going to miss the guts of the story. And if we miss the guts of the story, Easter has little to commend it except as a happy springtime celebration stripped of its potency. Strip the guts out of the story, and we should just as well leave Easter for only eggs and bunnies. Because have you ever found yourself in a wasteland of one sort or another, a place of fear, loneliness, vulnerability? Have you ever been under attack from a dark force, as news from Ukraine has captured your attention. Have you seen human wastelands that hold millions of people in the clutches of despair, terror, hunger, and violence? Good Friday speaks to these matters deeply, profoundly, without flinching. Have you ever been called upon to do the right thing under very adverse conditions? Have you ever realized the necessity of expunging some dark behavior because you had said yes to God or perhaps confront the dark behavior in others, not ignoring it or excusing it? Have you ever come to realize that you are in fact a moral agent operating in the world under the thrall of great powers and principalities, some of which are evil at their core? As Black History Month just came to an end, I was reminded that from the time of Columbus' so-called discovery of the New World to the year 1800, roughly a 300-year span, approximately a million and a half Europeans migrated to the Americas. During the same time frame, 13 million Africans were shipped across the ocean as slaves that's material for a Lenten reflection, truly. Simply sitting with that statistic and letting it seep way down into your cellular membranes, especially when you consider that the vast majority of Europeans identified as what? As Christians who believed that certain economies were more important than human dignity. Consider the vast power embedded within such an evil system. Consider the violence it fostered and its continuing legacy today. Consider how over the decades and centuries, each individual contended with Satan when offered the rewards of slavery and Jim Crow. And returning to Ukraine, do you see how evil systems present moral dilemmas for everyone following after the god of war for thoroughly unjust reasons, raking death and destruction for millions? You know, it's said that Christmas is the season for children. If that's so, we might also say that Lent is the season for adults. Adults who want to take life seriously, purposefully, deeply, Adults who are realists in the best sense of the word, that is, committed to the truth, the whole of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about themselves and about the world in which we live. Adults who also have a robust hope despite the shadow side of truth, a hope that is itself profoundly truthful because it has not flinched from taking the whole human story and found it all within the open hands of God. That's what Jesus found confirmed in the desert. He said no to Satan because he had said yes to God. And that yes took him all the way through his death into his ultimate triumph. That's the point of Lent to help us discover that yes on the flip side of life, and then to follow the path Jesus set down with courage and conviction, recognizing that there are greater goods than shallow comforts and entertaining distractions. Tom Long tells of attending an Emory University graduation a number of years ago now, that conferred an honorary degree on a man named Hugh Thompson. On March 16th, 1968, Thompson was a young helicopter pilot flying on patrol over the countryside of Vietnam during another terrible, evil human folly. When he and his crew flew over the village of Milai, they saw a nightmare taking place below them. United States Army troops in Charlie Company, under the constant pressure of danger and the madness of war, had lost control of their discipline, reason, and humanity and had begun slaughtering unarmed civilians in the village, most of them women, children, and elderly men. 504 people had already been killed. Thompson set his helicopter down between the troops and the screaming villagers. At great risk to himself, he got out of the helicopter and confronted the officer in charge, William Kelly. He then airlifted the few villagers still alive out of Milai and also radioed a report of the scene that resulted in a halt to the action, thus saving thousands of civilian lives. Standing on the platform at the university commencement, Thompson was given the microphone and he spoke to the question on everyone's minds How could he have found the moral courage? and strength to do what he did that day. His answer surprised the audience of graduates, brought them to a thoughtful silence. I'd like to thank my mother and father for trying to instill in me the difference between right and wrong, he began. We were country people. I was born and raised in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and we had very little But one thing we did have was the golden rule. My parents taught me early, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. That's why I did what I did that day. It's hard to put certain things into words. You're you're going to have to make many decisions in your life. Please make the right decisions because we're depending on you. God bless you all. It took the military 30 years, 30 years before it acknowledged Thompson's heroism when he was awarded the Soldier's Medal. In the three decades prior to the award, he received regular death threats, dead animals were routinely placed on his porch, and many considered him a pariah. Hugh Thompson was a man who contended with the powers and principalities, who had learned to quote scriptural wisdom the way Jesus did when he was out in the wilderness. Jesus said, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Hugh Thompson said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so he did. And he paid dearly for it. He was just 24 years old when this decision point came to him. Friends, the season of Lent begins. How is it with your soul?